You're listening to the Guildhall School Events Podcast, where I'm pleased to be joined by casting crew from our second Shakespeare this term, Twelfth Night. With me today are production manager Elliot Cahill, stage manager Rose Bedwell-Clayton, actor-slash-composer Tom Chapman, cast member Charlie Bates, and last but not least, director Mike Alfreds. Twelfth Night combines cruelty with high comedy and unrequited love, with some of the most iconic poetry the playwright ever composed. Charlie, what's the story in this, this play? It's, it's complicated, as we've been learning. Um, without giving the game away too much, um, it begins with a shipwreck, um, and uh, two twins are shipwrecked on the island of Illyria. Um, a boy and a girl twin, Viola and Sebastian, neither knowing that the other is alive and are separated. Um, and so one train of the story follows Sebastian as he sort of makes his way round Illyria. Um, the other train follows uh, Viola, who decides to go and work for the Count Orsino and disguises herself as a boy. Uh, this then brings in the other household, which is in the play. Uh, this is the household of Olivia, um, who Orsino is madly in love with, and a, a big love triangle um, gets set up between Viola, Olivia and Orsino. And also in Olivia's household, another plot happens um, <laughs> where uh, all of the staff in Olivia's household try and play a horrible trick on her steward, Malvolio. And uh, it all comes together in the final act. And uh, that's... A that's, terrible summary. I'm sorry. That's it's the story. Very well, complicated. It's, it's 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 a few hundred years old now, so or four hundred years old, so we're not giving anything, you know, completely secret away. <laughs> no, wait, no, wasn't it four hundred and thirteen? Oh yeah, it was four hundred and thirteen years yesterday. Oh, was it? It was first performed. Happy birthday to the twelfth. Um, delighted to have Mike Alfred's here, uh, now an honorary fellow of the Guildhall School. Um, you are an honorary fellow. I am. Not a, just yeah. a fellow. Um, Mike, what fascinates you most about this particular play and how will you be giving it your own unique perspective? Well, well, what fascinates me about it is after really reading it and studying it, it's a totally different play from what I've always thought it to be and what the, you know, the in the air is, you know, the received idea of what the play is. You know, it's usually this... Uh, rather sunny comedy with some rather dark bits in it and it's a nice you know it's got Shakespeare's golden comedy it's called and, and I find it not at all like that I, the characters are much more complicated and it's very interesting he wrote it after Hamlet and it's sort of believed that when he wrote Hamlet he suddenly understood about the subconscious and subtext not in those words he suddenly was able to express characters' inner thoughts and hidden thoughts. And I think this carries very much through into Twelfth Night. It's quite a surprising play, I think. It's uh, it's incredibly complicated, very difficult for the actors, because it, it delves into very difficult relationships and very confusing relationships, doesn't mm, it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, the more we dig, the more we find, which is exciting about it. So its texture, I think, I hope, will be sort of refreshing from what one usually sees. I mean, it, it, if it's funny, it's funny, that's great. <laughs> you know, I'm not setting out to do a comedy, I'm just set, setting out to do this play. 
and what's funny is funny, what's dark is dark, what's ironic is ironic, and so forth. Really, that's basically it. Um, Elliot, your production manager on this show, how do you and Mike specifically work together? What's your working relationship like? Um, we work very closely. Uh, kind of as, as production manager, I, I aid the dialogue between creative team and the technical team. So while Mike and the acting company are very busy in rehearsals, the technical team are very busy building the set or um, putting in the LX, the lighting rig, etc. And it can be quite difficult to bring those two worlds together because at the beginning of technical rehearsals, there's a point at which both the technical and the acting come together. And I find my job as product manager is to make that transition as easy as possible. So when we do come into the the theatre and we've got really quite a minimalist set on this show uh, we find that everything that's been done in rehearsals and everything we've done in the theatre combines nicely so that everything just flows and that especially with the methods that I think we've been using in the rehearsal room it kind of bringing that transition across so that the vision that we've all had of the show previously and the result we get is as identical as possible. And in terms of the sort of design concept for it, is that something that you can talk a little bit about? You know, you, you didn't obviously design it, but... No, um, so we've got, uh, obviously, Mike is director and Dinah England as our designer, and uh, it's quite a white minimalist set. We've got carpet in there, we've got gauze in there. There are lots of, uh, lots of layers to the set, um, front to back, which, which we're using to great effect, I think. Um, I hope. I hope. <laughs> um, we've got a student lighting designer called Neville who's, uh, because the set is um, quite uh, monotone, we're using lots of colour in there and um, there's quite a lot of pastel shades in the costume, etc. So again, as production manager, I kind of, I aid all the technical teams to bring together the creative vision from direction, design, lighting, sound. We've got Rose here today, who's the um, the stage manager. So how, how do you guys work together? Um. <laughs> again, again, very closely. Yeah. Um, so I guess Rose is the eyes and ears in rehearsals. As stage manager, you work very closely with the, the deputy stage yeah. manager in rehearsals. Yeah, and I sort of let Elliot know things that have come out and ask you for more money for my props. <laughs> <laughs> Percussion. Yeah, not all the percussion instruments. <laughs> oh, so there's lots of lots of instruments in this in this production. Uh, yes, there's a few. Okay, and they're used on on stage as part of the sort of soundtrack. Yeah. So there is uh, no technical sound design for this, but the the audio, if you like, is being produced solely by the company. Okay, and that's that's a really interesting way of doing it, isn't it? Maybe quite unusual. In, in a sense but we've actually got the composer here today it's also in the cast which is quite unusual Tom Chapman um, so how do you get how did this happen that you composed the music <laughs> and you're in it <laughs> yeah I got lucky really I, uh, I think um, I've, I've done bits and pieces of music for other projects over the course of the training so the school knows that I like playing music and we've got a very musical year we've got sort of Alex, who um, who did the singing course here first, and we've got Luke, who trained in musical theatre, Niall, who's played in bands, Jesse, who has conducted um, and, and taught in schools. So we've got a really musical group, and I think there's something about um, also the character of Feste that lends itself to writing music. But all, virtually all of the music, in fact, all of the music in the play comes from Feste in our production. Um, and so, 
because I'm playing first day, it's sort of that an, a nice thing to get into the character and also, yeah, feed feed the world from his perspective through the music. Um, so did so did they say, well, you know, we need some music, and you said, well, I've got an idea, and that's how it all sort of started, or did you? Did you have loads of sort of music in your archives that you just brought out for it, or, or what, happened? what happened? Well, we had a meeting before Christmas, um, just after we'd heard the casting, and um, and Mike and I spoke about the music and uh, talked about the style and the world of the play. Um, and so there's a lot of Latin American influences on the music that we've written for this, and I've not ever really played or written Latin American music before um, and so it was a, a really lovely thing to be able to do over Christmas was to sort of absorb myself in that world a lot of Bossa Nova and uh, when we came back um, Mike, Mike gave me a lovely stack of CDs to make a nice playlist out of so it's no it's been um, sort of a gradual immersion into that musical world as well as the world of the play and they, they sort of link and suit each other. So, so does that mean that the setting of the play is a sort of, you know, Latin American sort well, of themed? Not really, no. It's just I like that sort of music. <laughs> it's not said anywhere. It's realistic or specific. Does it have a sort of, you know, is it set in a certain decade or century? No, no it's, just too, it's just a world of its own. World of its own. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't particularly like doing Shakespeare, sort of putting it into a period or a place, because it's... It's always false. I think you have to create a world which uh, suits the play, which is a totally imaginary one. But I, I thought that style of music was kind of nice because it's sexy and sort of languorous and uh, dreamy and so forth. And uh, no, Tom was recommended to me by one of the faculty, and it's just been fantastic. He's written the most beautiful music for it. The songs are just great. Yeah, so <laughs> He's blushing now. Yeah. <laughs> But so sure, no, you know, so wonderful. They really are. It's just, you know, it's a gift. That's all I can say. Um, I hate to bring this up. Well, no, I don't hate to bring this up. But you, you have been described as one of the best directors in the country by none other than Sir Ian McKellen. Oh, well, that's um, very nice of him. Yeah, <laughs> and apparently it's true. Um, what do you find enjoyable or most interesting about working in a, in a school setting rather well, than in a professional well, setting? Well, I've always, most of my career, I've spent some time working with students. So it's sort of part of my career. And quite honestly, I don't feel or see that much difference between working with students and working with professionals because I am slightly pedagogic and I do tend to teach while I'm you know, directing. And I, all the work I'm doing with the students here, I would do with a professional class. I take them to the same exercises, the same games. So it's just that uh, the professionals are a little more experienced, not necessarily more talented. <laughs> you know, so it's just a continue. you know, it's a continuation, really. No, what the, what the nice thing about working with students is the sort of enthusiasm and the freshness and the openness. And you don't get any of the cynicism or the wariness you get from some actors who are very suspicious if you say, I want to work this way. Most of the problems we have with actors, it, it's, it's fear. 
frightened of being exposed, frightened of discovering the little challenges they thought they were, frightened of revealing something about themselves they didn't want to reveal. It sort of goes with the job. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charlie and, and Tom, you've been working with you know various different people at the school for the last sort of over two years now, and it's your final year at the school. What's it been like working with Mike as a as a guest director, as you know, compared to other experiences that you've had? Um, well. Both Tom and I are very lucky in that we worked with Mike in second year as well um, on Comedy of Errors. Um, so we're not greatly new to Mike, um, but um, it's just great to work with Mike because, as he said, you learn you learn so much as, as you go. Um, so we're learning all sorts of things whilst also putting on a production. Mm. And and because Mike's known us and and all of our group actually because we did workshops with Mike, it really does still feel like a continuation of the training and and that's something about it as as well because it's um, you're running acting exercises in the rehearsal room as well. There's something about bringing making sure that we're really using aspects of the training um, in the rehearsal room, in the characterisation and and in the scenes. I suppose one of the main things about the way I work is that nothing is set. Mm. They're not blocked, so every night they they will they can play differently. They can make new choices. They can move differently, and they're doing that in rehearsal. It's wonderful. They're, you know, so the whole process is sort of filling them up with their character and their relationships, and then letting them go. And you won't be sat there every night and they do something different and you think, oh my God, no, it's they shouldn't be doing no, that. No, it's, it's the opposite. <laughs> they do the same thing and I think, oh, yeah, they're, just, they they're, auto, they're on auto, <laughs> autopilot. <laughs> no, it's about really being spontaneous in the theatre and really creating something that's live every night. You know, I, I always use the analogy that I like to uh, uh, cook a fresh meal every night for the audience. You know, same ingredients, but you know, maybe it's a little more salt tonight, and maybe it's a little hotter or colder, rather than putting something in the microwave and just heating it up. Do you know what I mean? It's freshly cooked every night. Freshly so. cooked, and that's twelfth night. So, you know, thanks everybody for coming in and giving you the time in your lunch break. So you might have heard us munching a little bit <laughs> during that. And I can't wait to to see you and your work in the um, in theatre on the sixteenth of February. Thank you, Thank you, Chris. That's great. Twelfth Night runs in Milton Court Theatre from the 16th to the 21st of February 2015 and you can buy tickets from Barbican Box Office in person, over the phone or online at gsmd.ac.uk.